Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. This is Sabria Mills from the Dope Muslim Woman podcast. And of course, it takes a minute or two to roll over to social media um, and for people to log on. But I would like to welcome everybody, especially my, especially my panelists. I like them, everybody. All my panelists. I like them. Hey, Wadeku hey, Salaam. Happy um, Martin Luther King Day. MashaAllah. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. All right. Welcome to the Dope Muslim Woman podcast. As you guys enter in, please give your salams. Again, we believe in the barakah of the salams. Um, so please drop your salams in the chat so that you can greet us. Walaikum Salaam, Veronique Cooper. And I'll be opening up some Walaikum Salaam, Brother Shaheed. It is good to see each and every one of you guys. Walaikum Salaam, Saudia. All right. Welcome to Love and Restoration, this beautiful and amazing series. We are back with Restoring Trust Part 2 after a dynamic live last night. Right, Brother Nasheed? We was, Ooh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. You got kind of heated. I tuned in for that one. Heated. Yeah, it was an incredible time, though. And the feedback was amazing. So people found it beneficial. Um, Salaamu alaikum. Hey, guys. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for sharing salams and exchanging that barakah. I'm going to introduce my guests in just a minute. I want us to first acknowledge Sister Veronique Cooper, who's going to be like our correspondent. She's going to help um, make sure that the comments are all in one place, because sometimes I can't see comments from my personal page. So, Salaam Alaikum. Thank you to Sister Veronique Cooper for being the correspondent for tonight. Alhamdulillah, so everybody can be heard. All right, here we go. So, we have an amazing panel in front of us. I cannot wait to introduce them. Once again, I am joined with a phenomenal, phenomenal co-host, my brother, who's back again. Um, people, um, everybody know this brother for being an amazing author, but not only that, he is dynamic and working to change the mindset with men around their common beliefs towards women, especially as like kind of changing the narrative of seeing women as sex objects. He um, is currently the author of two novels, Her Justice and Her Justice Too. And he has a short um, story, Halal Nympho, as well, which he was just telling us about. Welcome back to the show, Brother Nashi Jackson. Assalamualaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Thank you for being here. All right. So we're going to, alhamdulillah. I'm going to start with one of my brothers here. This brother um, was raised in Chicago. Um, he um, went on to learn Islamic heritage from esteemed scholars such as Ustad um, Ubeda Evans, um, Sheikh Sise, Ustada Tahir Ahmed, and so many others. He is focused a lot on developing self-discovery and communal responsibility in youth. He's led, um, he's served over hundreds of young people in Chicago, um, Malaysia, Dallas, um, and Toronto. He currently resides in, brother, is it Mississippi or? Where are you <laughs> Close enough, Mississauga. Mississauga. Okay. Yeah. Ontario in Canada. Because I was like, That's where right. is this? Okay. <laughs> SubhanAllah, with his wife and his children. Welcome, brother Ryan Hiller, to the show. Assalamu alaikum, brother. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah. My pleasure to be here and to contribute. Thank you so much. And I'm joined by this amazing sister. She is a professor of English, an author, a marathon runner, a health coach, a wife, and a mother of three. She is her latest book, I Bear Witness, tells the story of a young woman who emerges stronger after facing challenges in her life. It is available on Amazon. We really strongly advise you. We have three authors here on the panel to go ahead on Amazon and purchase everyone's 
this book. We really believe in Muslim authors and supporting them. Um, it is available on Amazon. I'd like to welcome Amani Javar to the show. Assalamualaikum. Thank you for having me. This dynamic, dynamic sister, she is also an author, American Muslim author and an entrepreneur. Her best-selling book, Bashira and the Amazing Bean Pie, made history in 2019 after being adapted into a stage play by a major United States Children's Museum. Additionally, she is the founder of Hot, um, Hot and Muslim, which is an online lifestyle brand for Muslim women. She's been married for 21 years, and she has two amazing children. Um, none other than the amazing sister Amina Muhammad Diggins. Welcome to the show, sis. Walaikum salam. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. You can also find her book on Amazon. And we also um, have here an amazing and phenomenal brother. Um, this brother, he um, grew up with his grandparents and they were instrumental in opening Masjid Allah, which is a really huge masjid in Philadelphia in the 1970s. Um, he attended Cheney University. In, um, is that in Philadelphia or outside of Philly? Cheney is on the outskirts of Philly, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. In 2005, um, he also attended Lincoln University. He has two sons, and he's now a candidate in the Educational Leadership Master's Program. He works, which I thought was phenomenal, in special education, and he works with an all-female um, self-contained classroom of students, um, and he's just going to continue to move forward in the educational realm. I would like to welcome Brother Khalif Long to the show. Assalamualaikum. Uh-oh, did we lose him? Oh. <laughs> okay, okay mashallah, we're gonna keep it pushing. He'll be back. All right, you guys, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate all of you guys. Um, we're gonna get thank right you. into it. We're gonna get right into it, okay? Um, I wanted to just ask a really direct question. And today we're gonna be um, focusing a lot more on solutions. But I first wanted to just hear some of your perspectives on what do you think has played a major role and dismantling many of our relationships. How has trust and the breakdown of trust played a major role in the dismantling of our relationships? And if it's okay, I wanna start with Sister Amina. Mm. Well, thank you so much for having me, Sabria. Um, I guess the, probably, I would say the, the major, um, uh, um, something that contributes to the breakdown of trust would be um, not healing your relationship with the law first. So I think that when uh, you don't have, when you can't trust your spouse is because he hasn't healed or she hasn't healed her relationship with the creator. And what I mean by that is if you're living a double life, if you are um, not completely honest with yourself and you're not, um, haven't given yourself to Allah first, then you can't really um, commit yourself to relationship, to build a community, to build a marriage. Um, to build a legacy. So that, that's what I would, I would say would contribute the most. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm going to chop over to you, Brother Ryan. What are, what are your thoughts about just how trust has played a major role in this relationship? I would say it's actually the, very similar, uh, very similar to reason that your relationship with Allah, the exalted first and foremost, takes precedence over everything and dictates the way that you interact with the rest of creation, whether it's something that's animate or inanimate, your job, your environment, and the people that are in your life. So if trust is shaky or inconsistent, that may be a reflection of your relationship with the law and how that's 
and how whether whether or not that's shaky or inconsistent as well. So I'll definitely say it's say that's probably the that's if that is would be the the root cause of many of the relationship and trust issues that we're seeing today, and that we've been seeing for time. Absolutely, I'm going to build on that a little bit. Sister Amani, you know, Sister Amani, I think both Sister Amina and Brother Ryan made a powerful point. Um, in regards in regards to our relationship with the law first and foremost, and that really being the, the central theme of everything. But we know just our experience as people here, um, as black people here in this country, a lot of us, you know, are you know just now coming into the state of awareness of some of the trauma, some of the generational wounds that have been passed down, and even the way that maybe we implement Islam in our lives, right? Mm -hmm. In our marriages and in our relationships, how sometimes we can even use the dean and our relationship with the law to justify untrustworthy behavior. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, how I, I just wanted to just infuse that into this question. Do you feel like just as a community of black Muslims, do you feel like that there has been some levels of util using Islam to justify untrustworthy behavior? Um, <laughs> that's a loaded question, but um thinking about your question, it's making me re remember about, you know, we don't, we weren't always modeled the best relationships, right? If we ask a group full of African-Americans, how many of you saw your parents together throughout your childhood or are still together now, the percentage is going to be unfortunately very low. Um, so I feel like that's part of it is those strong relationships were not necessarily modeled, healthier relationships were not necessarily modeled for us. So we don't have a whole lot of examples uh, what to base our marriages on, right? Um, and then you kind of, you were, you were asking about, is Islam used to justify an Islamic behavior? Um, I, I mean, for me personally, that has happened to me. Um, and I know other sisters that this has happened to. Um, you know, there, there's a story in the Hadith when you know Zaid wanted to was was married, right? Does anybody know that story? Um, and then um, the prophet ended up marrying his his ex-wife or something. Mm -hmm. And so I know for me that story was used. Well, I can have you know I can make intentions on a married woman um, because you know this is you know they kind of tried to twist that story around to try to make um, make like you were saying the haram seem halal. And if you don't know the stories and you don't know the hadith and you don't know the Quran. That can kind of even me, somebody who's kind of well versed, it kind of even runs a, a, a trip on me because I'm like, well, this is somebody who I feel, you know, I've trusted them and I'm married to this person and they're supposed to be, you know, learned in Quran. Maybe I should believe what they're saying. Um, so I think it has happened. Um, yeah, I think it happens and it's an issue that needs to be addressed as well. Thank you, Amani. That was You're so beautiful. And Brother Khalif, I just wanted to segue to you. So Saisha brought in one way Islam is used to justify un-Islamic behaviors with multiple wives. Don't need to dig too deep into that right now. I'm sure we're going to get into a little bit later. But I did want to ask your question, ask you the same question, brother. How has trust um, played a role in dismantling our relationships? And think about our experience as Black people and Black Muslims here in this country. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Brother Khalid. Brother Brother Khalif, I can't hear you now. <laughs> you hear me? I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Go ahead, brother. Start talking and I'll let you know. Uh-oh. No. You're okay, on mute, I, I, Can I just add? Can Wait, I just go ahead, add? Segue in. Um, Unmute you for Brother Khalif. Go ahead. Go ahead, Nasheed. Um, yeah. 
being being black here in America, it's like we become Muslim, but we're also fighting uh, a propaganda that's been like been spilling over to us for years that we're less than. So I feel we we're struggling with um, loving ourselves, and and struggling with loving ourselves, we're struggling with loving each other. So we don't we don't really trust each other right away. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to, we don't, we don't, because we, we have, I think because we're, we're, we're fed into that propaganda and until Allah becomes, you know, supreme in our lives, we're going to continue to struggle with that. Like, like, you know, we have to trust Allah first, but it takes time. I mean, the prophet said I'm taught Tawheed for 13 years. Absolutely. We, we, we can't just come into the religion and all of a sudden everything is okay. It takes time to get there. It takes time to get rid of that, that programming that they programmed us that we're we're less than we're less than and uh and i like this as to said we don't have a lot of examples when it comes to um relationships um especially not not being muslim and then some some families even muslim being muslim we still don't have those uh we still don't have those examples i think that is case by case though um you know when i was growing up my parents were married all of my friends their parents were married um, a lot of them are still married today. Um, I had, alhamdulillah, I, I had a lot of great examples. My husband's parents are still married. Wow. Um, so it's, um, I think it is, there are some inconsistencies. There are a lot of um, families that, um, for whatever reason, have, have, have broken apart or, or went their separate ways. But there are a lot of great examples within Islam, outside of Islam, on healthy um, marriages. Um, so I think that when it comes to, I'm all about taking accountability. There's a lot of, um, we're not at fault for things that have happened in our lives before we become adults, but we all know that when we, when you become a certain age, it is your responsibility as a Muslim, as a human being, as an mm -hmm. adult to heal whatever is going on in your life and make it better, not just for you, but just for, for, your... for future generations and show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Well, what, what I'm from, like, I didn't have no examples. Like, well, I ain't gonna say that. Grandma was still with her husband. Was, mm -hmm. was still, well, she remarried. She was, she remarried. So grandma was like the only real relationship that I've, that I've seen. You know what I mean? And they was on shaky ground, like for a long time. <laughs> for, yeah. She didn't trust him. She, my grandma didn't trust him. You know what I mean? Like, um, I, there, there was a trust issue there. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like, in my, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have those examples. Yeah, many of us. Brother Khalif, I wanted to bring you back in here. Um, I wanted to just, you know, ask, I mean, we're talking about, like I said, this different scope of experiences. Um, and a lot of us, you know, when you think about like kind of um, just us as a people, not all of us, but some of us, like I said, Brother Nasheed mentioned how he grew up. And I'm sure that there was a lot of survival. There was a focus on survival. Would you agree with that, Brother Nasheed? There was a focus on survival. And when you're in a state of survival, you're less trusting, right? So I wanted to just ask you, what do you feel like contributes to the breakdown in trust for us as a people? Um, well, you know, and being a school teacher, you know, I talk to my students a lot today about you know social media music that we're hearing today you know the things that we see in our in, in this <clears throat> generation coming up which i think plays a large role uh, before this social media area when the music was different i know when i was younger the types of music we may have listened to was you know the love making songs the i want to be with you baby songs, the come back home songs now we hear songs about 
having many women, drugs is a thing. Um, so that plays a large role, especially on the younger group who's going to going into marriage in today's era. Um, social media plays a large role because we're viewing everyone with that doing in their personal life, and then we start to compare our life to their life. Then we start to bring those um, topics to our spouse, and then now we have a disagreement because we may not be in a position to do the things that we see on social media. So a lot of times, you know, people opening doors to their private life and we're viewing them on social media, I believe, plays a large role. And to piggyback off what the sister was saying about family members who may not be Muslim, who have good relationships, we can, you know, take from them as well. Um, you know, my grandparents are married at the age 18 and 21, if I'm not mistaken. And this is before they became Muslim. And, you know, of course, you know, in that era, they went through the, um, the nation of Islam and then became old Orthodox Islam in 1975. But they had established a great relationship and also opened business together. So there's, there's, and also, you know, as we talk about having to trust the law, you know, first, you know, Allah teaches us in the Quran that we still have to establish relationships with our non-Muslim family members. So because of that, we can still learn from them also. We should go to the elders in our families Muslim or not Muslim, to learn from them and how to establish trust and a good relationship, a good, healthy relationship, and go to our elders once again and say, well, what do you see wrong in our era today that may, causing, that may be causing issues in our relationship today? And they can give us their viewpoint and then we can begin to offer things to, you know, build that healthy relationship and continue it on for years to come. Thank you, Brother Khalif. And there's a, some small issues with, with your audio, but we did catch majority of that. I just wanted to let you know. But um, Jazakallah yeah. and I really so appreciate Khalif, that. Go ahead. So Brother Khalif, if I may ask, with the point that you just made about being able to discuss or to consult you know, the elders or previous generations that may have seen something similar to what we're seeing today, do you imagine that the level or the intensity of their trials and the things that they're facing compared to what we're seeing here because seeing even within our experience growing up and even now what we're seeing here in like 2020 2021 i i personally don't agree with that because yes there may be some context or, or an overall framework that we can re reference from our elders that okay they understand how problem solving is supposed to work in some type of collective accountability like sister amina was saying towards your responsibilities of your community, of your immediate family and your household, and towards yourself, and above all, towards your creator. And that would apply to whether you're Muslim or not. But now, on the other side of those, on the other side of that, those, uh, well, for lack of a better term, those those morals or those good, you know, those good qualities or characteristics that we that we used to have or that we can have. There's all these other things that are pulling us in the opposite direction, which are all driven by the ego, driven by the self. Right. Um, many of my teachers and many of my mentors have always has always said that there's no bigger enemy to you than your own ego, than your own self, even more so than shaitan, mm -hmm. because shaitan can just talk to, you know, talk to that ego and push it towards, you know, fulfilling my rights. What is what is it that I want? What is it that I want to get out of this relationship? How do I want to leverage who I'm with or the the situation that I'm in to work to uh, to benefit myself, even if that means somebody else? or whatever this is, whatever that I'm in is destroyed in the process. And I don't think that many other of the many of the previous generations that we've seen, I know definitely not my grandparents have seen the level of 
selfishness and yeah, honestly, just like social depravity that we're seeing now, that we're challenged and we're faced with now, right? It's, it, it just hits different. And so Absolutely. I can see that, yes, to a certain extent, we can consult our elders and ask them for guidance or for, you know, just a little bit of context to be able to see where they're, where they're coming from and what they've seen. Because of course, we all know that there's nothing new under the sun, but in terms of that, like what we're specifically dealing with now and the let and the 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 way that this the selfishness this has pervaded and morphed into what we're seeing now and how it shapes the way that we interact with people now it's it's to, it's a totally different monster right and that's exactly what it is it's a monster that it needs to be controlled and and subdued into you know into some in into a way that's manageable or to a way that doesn't destroy ourselves mm-hmm. And I wanted to yeah. just well, jump. I wanted so, to yeah. jump. I wanted to jump rather quick before you answer that. I wanted to just um, jump into this and thank you, brother Ryan, for that. And I know there is, you know, when we talk about the different set of generations, and I love that Amina said is all depends. Your set of experiences is very different. I mean, I was just talking, speaking to you know my own mother about just the generations prior and just the, even the mindset issues around even having these levels of dialogue talking about men being vulnerable and things like that. It was just a different type of experience. I mean, now we're at least able to dialogue around it and kind of like unravel some of what is is, is taken here. So um, brother um, Khalif, you could segue in and answer that question, but I did want us to just um, really try to understand because a lot of the comments that we're seeing here is like what they, what people felt like even in pop culture growing up, daddy was a rolling stone and hit the road yeah, jacket. Me and Mrs. Jones. <laughs> You know, so, narrative, yeah, right? That if, we can, if, if we if our parents could survive me and Mrs. Jones, we survive Biggie and Lil' Kim, then our children will survive Meg Thee Stallion and whoever. But I feel like so, the other uh, element is the is social media aspect. And I really feel it. like it is it, it is making things a little bit different for this generation, even my generation. Um and I, I just want to also pose this question. I'm sorry, I, I hate to go off topic. Loyalty is loyalty and trust the same. Do you guys feel like loyalty and trust are the same thing? Are they the same um, aspect of a relationship? Or is it a little bit different? Because I just know that, you know, me having been, you know, I I, I feel like loyalty, like I, I approach loyalty a little bit different now, being a little bit older now. And I feel like, you know, whereas before, if, you know, let's say your husband gets on your nerves and now you're on the phone or online talking about him. To me, that's that's a lack of loyalty because, you know, as as we know, Allah has put us to safeguard our, our spouse and their secrets and their home. Um, so that's something that kind of I, I feel like it's not a lot of talk about being loyal uh, it, when it comes to those types of situations either. Mm-hmm. Okay, brothers, I'm gonna bring you back in. And I know, brother Khalif, I'm sorry that we cut you off. Did you want to come in first? Come on, brother. Yes. Well, I mean, just piggybacking off of my brother and then what the sister said, you know, because what the brother was saying is absolutely correct. But I think that I don't think that the problems were much different. <clears throat> I think the exposure was different. Everyone knows your business nowadays because of social media. That's the difference, I believe. You know, as you said, we had songs. Um, that it was a rolling stone and so forth yes but when you had issues in your family or in your relationship you kept them in house and the family dealt with it now everything is put out in the forefront on social media with the um everyone you know minding your getting in your business and responding and giving you feedback on how you should handle it instead of going to the family members and i think that's what i was trying to say you know how could I how could I ask someone who's never been married a question about marriage? 
And that's what yeah. we see a lot on social media. And that's what I meant by that. You know, it's everything is so public nowadays and not kept at home. You know, we are known to ask people in social media about our private life, about our marriage, our children, and so forth. You know, me being on social media and also being a school teacher. I, I can say this about I, Yeah, I want to segue. I want to segue in here. Like, like I want to just bring us bring us back. Amani's um, question about versus loyalty versus trust. The audience is saying that there is a key difference. Um, Brother um, Ryan, what do you think about that when you talk about being loyal, loyalty versus trust and being trustworthy? I'm inclined to say that. Yeah, I'm inclined to think that trust is like a thread that builds that 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 you create uh, that the loyal the fabric of loyalty is made with, right? You use like you use examples and uh, you choose to trust somebody and you choose to demonstrate and uh, demonstrate that trust and over time and when those things are all put together and compounded into your relationship, then they become then it shows loyalty and there's, there's like a consistency that comes out of it that where somebody is loyal to you because you've con they consistently trust you and you consistently trust them. And you, that's demonstrated over time and with um, either a, a, a consistent level of, of, act, of action or an increasing level of action. Like they build on that one way or the other becomes, so that it becomes stronger. So even when we're using the example of social media, which is a tool by which people's egos are splayed out all over the place, one of the ways that I try to build capacity, build the capacity of trust, and therefore build towards loyalty with my wife, is by keeping it, you know, keeping it a buck fifty with anybody that I talk to or anybody that's in my DMs. Transparency. No, transparency. Right. Absolute transparency. So you know, if, I'm sorry, Brother so Ryan. You, I don't want Brother Ryan. Is it okay if I jump in? Because I think this is sure. important. An important. Um, just from Brother Nasheed, and you know, um, so you don't feel like keeping that from her is protecting her. What do you mean? Okay, well, we had this discussion, and Brother Nasheed, you can segue in. But we had this discussion about um, transparency and the certain, certain um, sharing certain things um, and not sharing certain things. So maybe if there's some type of information that comes across that you might think may hurt her, do you consider that? Some brothers feel like it will be protecting the wife if they do not share that information. Is that your thoughts or you feel like, no? For the Ryan. I, I want to answer that I can too. only speak myself per <laughs> Okay, man, yeah, you, you, got, you, sure. you got the, you have to, you have to bat next. I, um, I try my best, I try my absolute best and may Allah help me and help all of us not to put myself in a situation where I have to make that choice, mm. where I want to have to decide, is this going to hurt her or not? Because if I'm having to make that decision, that means that I've already made either taken steps towards speaking to somebody in such a way that would that could undermine or could cut away that you know that uh, that loyalty and that trust fabric that I was just mentioning before. So, for instance, even when I was invited to this podcast, and you know, again, Mila put all his vodka in it, I wanted to make sure that it wasn't just like, oh, I'm just having a conversation with this with this sister. This is a, you know, this is a well-known, well-broadcast podcast that's happening. It's going to be on a panel and here's the flyer for it. Here are the other people that, have, you know, and even those recommended to me by a brother who, who was a previous uh, guest on here and suggested that I, you know, that I come on as a guest. 
So showing all of those things where I've already thought it through, I'm not putting myself in a position where I have to put myself on the back foot and defend or, you know, or cause any type of concern or, or questions in the wife of my spouse as to what my intentions are and how I'm going to follow through with that is very important to me, right? Because that's what our Dean and that's what our blessed, blessed prophet peace and blessing be upon him taught us that actions are by their intentions and everyone earns that which they intend. So if your intentions are thorough, they're transparent, and they're consistent with what the actions that are going to come out of it and the good that you intend to come out of it, then there should be, there. Sh I hope that there wouldn't be a, a, a situation or a, or a circumstance that you have to put yourself where you have to wonder, oh, I need to, you know, maybe I need to, to you know, to hold, withhold this amount of information because it might hurt somebody. Because if it was, if it's meant, if it was meant to hurt somebody, then maybe you shouldn't, have, maybe I should not have been in that situation or had that um, opportunity with me in the first place. Okay, Amina, go ahead. Come on in. Um, also, when it comes, there's nothing shady in Islam. Like you can't, um, you can't fake it. You know, you can't, um, you can't hide anything from Allah. So if you are intentionally being shady, then it's just, it's going to come out. Either it'll come out through your spouse knowing about it or you're just, you know, whatever it is. Um, and when it comes to like DMs and all of that, um, you like a, like a couple of weeks ago, somebody inboxed me, said they wanted to marry me. I didn't respond. Okay. I told my husband about it because I thought it was funny. Um, but I didn't even engage when you are married and you are um, in a committed relationship. You're, re you're committed to this person and to your life together. You don't need to respond at all. And you can tell when there's an angle. We're all adults. You all know when a sister has ill intentions or a brother has ill intentions just because of uh, the cadence of which they write. Mm -hmm. um, so somebody can say, Salaam Alaikum, sister, I wanted to get your book. Um, <laughs> you know, so it's one of those things yeah. where you understand the, we, because un there's always this, uh, when we talk about shaitan, this, the whispering and all of that, we understand the things that we have to take responsibility for things that lead up to things that can embarrass our spouse or could put us in a situation because we understand what's going on. So I think that's, yeah. And yeah. I just love the, what Ryan said about he's not putting himself in a situation where something has to be explained. Absolutely. I think a lot of times brothers start getting down a slippery slope and now it's like, okay, I've got to explain what happened between A and Z because all this stuff happened in the middle. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It didn't start on Z. It started on A and you let right. B and C kind of happen and then D and all the other letters and now I've got to explain it. You don't even let it go that far the same way that you say, Sister Amina, you don't even reply because you know we all know a man and woman are together who's a third party Shaitan, and that goes for the DMs too. <laughs> I exactly. Wanted to, I wanted to thank you, ladies, and I wanted to bring in a comment. I'm gonna have the brothers come in, but Brother Ali, again, this is a, a common sentiment from our brothers. Um, Brother Ali said, um, "You have you have to be very careful in saying everything. This that there's a time and place for everything. Like being said, being a leader, you must make that call. So you know, a lot of brothers feel like that's leadership where they decide what they share and what not because again. you gotta be careful." She don't, have, she don't have to know everything, man. Especially, listen, I'm, I'm going on, uh, I'm going on 28 years of marriage. Like, you know what I'm saying? We like really, we different people. Like we set in our own ways and everything. And then, and then with my other wife, I'm, we go on 10 years. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. they don't have to, they don't have to know everything. Like it's, yeah. I mean, you know, 
Yeah, they don't have to know everything. And is it? I don't know if but it's how generational. Did you get, how did you get to that point or... where you didn't have to know everything? You didn't arrive at that point initially, or like you know, or come from that from the start because you had to have. I know for me personally, I had to have made a bunch of mistakes even in a previous marriage where yes, I was that person sliding in other sisters' DMs. I was that person, you know, having speaking, having that double speak where I'm, you know, double speak where I'm, my intentions are are couched in a different type of language in order to make mm -hmm. it seem to cover my tracks, but also to make it seem like, you know, I, you know, what I was doing was for yeah. you know, good intentions. Mm -hmm. But it does, yeah, you don't that, get to that point, uh, you know, from the start. That, you have that to make has, mistakes. You have I, to learn and get that experience. I've never been a DM slider. I don't, I don't slide in DMs. Like that's, I don't. I mean, uh, had DMs since like. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I'm saying I'm, I just, I've just always, I've always <laughs> kept not it. To be transparent. You know, Choosing not to be transparent. I've always kept it 100 with her. You know what I mean? Like I feel she and she trusts me, and I don't want to mess up that trust. So there's there's a lot of things that I'm not going to tell her, not to not not because I don't want to mess up the trust because I just feel it's not important, and for our relationship, it's not important. So, um, so I, I think because... that's what I want to ask Nashida is that you, you, you've gotten to that point where, again, it's not important to you, but for others, especially for somebody like me, which I'm trying to get to seven, you know, trying to get to 10 years, trying to get to 28 years. Mm -hmm. I'm only at seven, mashallah. I want to make sure that I'm still building that capacity and I don't start, you know, get, letting myself get lax in the way that I, in the way that I try to build that trust and that capacity for loyalty with my spouse. And okay, I know so, many other people are in the same boat as me. So I want to make sure that those, you know, that grind or that process is also trusted as well towards getting to that point. That was already part of your person, which is great. If that was part already part of your person, even well, in, you know, before you got married and everything, that's mm -hmm. that speaks to that. But yeah. for some of us, we even if we have a good head, you know, a quote unquote good head on our shoulders, like for me, before I became before I embraced Islam, I grew up in the church as well, so I had a good, uh, somewhat of a good foundation. But there's still a lot of room for improvement. So that's why I'm trying to ask, like, how did you, for your in your in your own experience, how did you build that capacity for being able to trust yourself and be able to offer that then to your spouse, to be able to have that sense of loyalty that you have that to offer to her? Well, I can say for uh, for the wife that I've been married to for 28 years. Um, we both have an understanding. Like, we we just have the understanding. I know she don't tell me everything. I don't tell her everything. Like, we don't want each other's passwords to you know emails and stuff like that. Like, we don't we don't want that. Um, and it's just an understanding that we have amongst each other. It's I think you have to as a as a couple you have to build towards that. You have to go towards that. I mean you. By being transparent, I think you're really on the right way. You're you're doing that. You have to do what's what's healthy for you. Um, but yeah, we just we came to an understanding that uh, we don't have to know everything about each other. Okay, power, powerful point. I'm going to bring you guys back in. Um, Sister Bibi um, Watts, she made a point and she said she doesn't believe in that concept that they don't have to know everything. What does that actually come? Where does that actually come from? Is that part of Islam or Islam? Has someone backed that up with a Quran or Hadith? Um, I, I think wanted... your brother said it. The being yeah. a leader, it's part of being a leader. You know, you don't tell your so then it's everything that's going on. You know, some some things just some things what are not. But how do you decide that? I'm just curious. what is that it that's... that? I think it has to be like there. There 
isn't anything going on for, to tell. Like, I, I, I'm trying to get around, right. like, you know what I mean? Like, right. as as, like, like, even if that was you your know, best friend or your friend and something happened, girl, this is crazy what happened. Somebody was in my DM today. You're going to tell that person that. So I just know, like, I guess, and of course, uh, another brother said every marriage is different, but the kind of marriage that I want to have where my husband is my best friend, I want to tell my best friend everything. I want him to to do the same f towards me. So I guess it to kind of, and I get, you're right, every marriage is different. So, uh, you know, it really does depend, right? And it depends on each, like Sister Naima yesterday said she doesn't feel like, you know, everybody, you know, every woman, you know, as a woman, she needs to know everything. Okay, I wanted to just ask a direct question. I wanted to ask a direct question. Um, we talked about some key factors in um, the breakdown in trust. I want to talk about reestablishing authentic trust or east establishing, you know, whether you're reestablishing or you're establishing from from the rip. Um, I wanted to just start with um, Sister Amina, if that's OK. What do you feel like you need from your men, from your man, if you could talk about that in particular or just from and we can even speak to the relationship that as we have, like I said, as Muslim women towards Muslim men, what do you need from them in order to trust them? Hmm. Just good intentions. I think it all goes back to intentions. Um, you know, I came from a community where the brothers would walk the sisters to the car, um, where it wasn't always if somebody gave you salams at all, it wasn't, it just was to wish you peace and not to holler at you, you know? So, um, I think that when it comes to what we need from our men, I think that when we get back to that that part of community where we can rely on our brothers to be the protectors of the women, not just their wives. And there's not like ulterior motive, um, you know, and how I'm raising, how we're raising our son, inshallah, to make sure that, uh, that women are okay. And for us as women to um, receive that protection, um, you know, I remember when I was younger and I was trying, I was had this big, heavy box and this brother came along and said, sister, I got that for you. And he, I could tell he was genuine in wanting to hold the box for me, but I was like, I got it. <laughs> don't, you don't got to hold the box for me. So I think that when we become mature enough and understanding that it is okay to receive that protection from our men um, and for them to be sincere in it. Absolutely. Beautiful. Beautiful. Brother Khalif, I know um, um, you kind of came in and out, but I wanted to ask you next, um, what do you need from your women or from your woman in order to trust her? So trust us. Um, I believe it goes back to what you guys were just talking about. Uh, open, being open and honest. Um, Brother Khalif? Rebuild Brother Khalif? The trust it goes back to being open and honest. You know, if you have a person who has been hurt in a relationship, yes, ma'am. Can you hear me? I'm so sorry. We can't hear you, brother. It's it's yes, really, really choppy. Yeah, we can't really quite hear you. It's a little bit too choppy. Um, if it's okay, I'm gonna segue to brother Ryan and I'm gonna try to come back and see if it gets a little bit better. But brother Ryan, I'm gonna ask you the same question. And if you could just kind of um pick up at that point, what do you need specifically from from women in order to, to trust them, to trust us. Uh, this might sound cliche, but just keep that same energy where 
when everybody when when all of my when my you know what my big brother uh, Nasheed has mentioned was talking about of just being able to not not having to know anything where there is a merit and a reason for that to having you know ha being uh, married to or being in a relationship with your best friend you want to share with them like specific details or intimate details about how you're feeling and what will you know and sharing things that you do feel will benefit or will strengthen the trust and the loyalty that you have towards each other do both and as long as both of you are committed or or intent on keeping that type of sharing and that type of capacity building consistent then i don't see why there should be any you know why there would be a a, a reason for you a reason for that relationship to break down yeah you might you know you might take a rest for a little bit or there might be a period where things are you know, things in your relationship or in your marriage kind of just slow down a little bit or you know are kind of on autopilot but that still doesn't mean that you're you know that it's on a downward slope unless it's, you're actively seeing that you know aspects of your uh, aspects of mistrust and selfishness are starting to show in the, in the there there's cracks showing in your relationship but what i will say is that and for me and for what I'm expecting is just the, you know, to reciprocate and to be consistent in that reciprocity where I'm aware of, I'm, you know, I'm conscious of a law and I'm recognizing my rights, my, not only just my rights, but my responsibilities towards him that I'm going to be act, acting out and going to be uh, carrying out, you know, for my wife and for my family for his sake. And then she's doing the same thing. Then we're on the same page and we're working you know, synergistically, if I can use that term, to make things happen for ourselves and to, you know, and to have that covering that, the you know, that Allah talks about in the Quran where we're covering for one another. But, and it comes back to that metaphor that I mentioned before of just building that, weaving together that loyalty through with the threads of, of trust and acting on it accordingly in a, in a consistent way. Let me ask you a quick question before I pop over to Amani. Do you trust um, a woman's emotions? Do I trust a woman's emotions? Mm -hmm. Yes, of course. I think they're valid, even if you know, even if they are reactionary or um, they're born or they're born out of a specific place that I'm hoping that I know where it's coming from. Because if it's like a, let's say, for instance, it's a trauma-based uh, response, I want to be able to know, like, be able to think about that and and pause and and reflect on where exactly that that reaction or that emotion may be coming from. All right, and so. And that takes spirit. That takes spiritual. That takes emotional and you know, emotional uh, uh, responsibility, and just a sense of of knowing yourself and knowing what what people are capable of. And so, being able to know when those emotions are appropriate, or even if they are exaggerated or again reactionary, you have to be able to tell you know be able to remind yourself that yes, these are emotions and they come and go. Or, but they're always coming from a, coming from a place. They always have a source, and it's always best to try your best to speak to that source, acknowledge it, acknowledge it, and the and the reactions or the emotions that come out of it, and then be able to work towards you know finding either finding a solution or at the very least being able to help that other person heal or re find a remedy for or even just prevent you know you know uh, damage prevention just making sure that 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 uh, trauma or that negative response or the cause of that negative response doesn't continue to hurt them anymore so for instance if i'm if i can uh, uh keep going a little bit there was a time when my ex-wife actually had it you know had a you know i believe had a um had a um a, a, an abusive relationship with with an adult in her life and the way that she um 
interacted with me at times. I didn't know it at that time, but now in hindsight, I do recognize that there may have that that sh- that may have been a trauma-based response rather than just her acting out, quote unquote, or just being being uh, overly emotional. So if we admit, so if we miss out on those cues, or if you're not emotionally intelligent, you don't have the emotional intelligence to be able to to um, to go to the root of that problem. You are going to mess up that. I know me. I messed up that situation. I made it worse by exacerbating or ma- or dismissing her emotions because I wasn't recognizing where she was coming from in the in the situation she was actually in. And so now with that experience and that wisdom, I'm much more careful and much more keen on being quiet and listening and using those actions in order to try to ascertain where the where emotional responses are coming from and being able to trust where you know trust that she can and she is expressing herself in a way that is appropriate to, from where she's at and what she wants to say because there's validity there it's not it should be dismissed so yeah, if, if i'm listening that. carefully then i'll listen then i'll hear everything not just what my ears are telling me that's beautiful thank you so much right. sister 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 amani i wanted to ask you um you know, I wanted to focus really on reestablishing trust because you've right. been really transparent with your journey and your story. Um, what does it take to reestablish authentic trust after it's been broken? I damage? think um, we need consistency. As a woman, when a man says he's going to do X, we want to see X happen. We don't want to, you know, and when, when he says he's going to do X and X doesn't happen, that starts to kind of erode your trust because your word is not your bond anymore. Um, so I think that's, first of all, we need a lot of consistency. Um, and especially like, he, you know, women who have been traumatized in the past or have been hurt in the past, that becomes even more important, that level of consistency um, and doing what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. I feel like we really need that. Um, also, the level of loyalty, not just to your wife or your family members, but loyalty to women in general. I, I see way too much of men bashing black women, black, bashing Muslim women online and, you know, social media. You never see any other race. Um, you know, do this type of behavior. And I feel like when men are doing that, it's breaking down the trust, not just in, you, you, might, you know, it might not be your personal relationship, but in general, it's, it's putting us so much on the defensive um, as, as women. You know what I mean? And, and, and men, and women do it on the same token with men. So I feel like we need that as well. That needs to be addressed as well. Absolutely. And Beautiful. just as an addition to that, we do see that happening with, we do see that happening with other races, but I was unfortunately say that, yeah. in today's media, we, they, we get a, uh, a lot of people get enjoyment and entertainment out of our out of our pain and the way that we act towards one another, unfortunately. Absolutely. Thank you for bringing in that powerful um, response. Brother Nasheed, I'm going to direct this question to you. Um, a brother asks, how do we learn how to trust and connect with a woman's emotions when when us as men have problems connecting with our own emotions? Again, mm. speaking to, you know, what Brother Ryan said is a very elevated and emotionally intelligent yeah. response. But in wow. all reality, you know, where we are as a people, we're not all there. Yeah, uh, just, I'm trying to understand women, man. Um, when when Brother Ryan was talking, it just made me think about how the Prophet Sassadam would ask his wives advice about things um, concerning war, concerning what to do. Like he, they would ask his advice and he valued their 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 advice about things because they saw things from a, a, a perspective that he may have not seen. And um, I, mean, I think that's very valuable. Uh, your mate is, is, your, um, is, a con- is a continuation of you. 
that your mate has things that you don't have with inside inside of you um and they're able to see things so to trust to to no you may not trust your own emotions but if you can trust your mate and you know that she has your back when it comes to you know anything and she's loyal to you trust her word start start trusting her word when when it comes to certain things because if you don't she's going to say i told you so <laughs> Absolutely. Say, I told you so. Well, you don't listen to it. Beautiful. Um, yep. I appreciate the the the, the dialogue. Um, the, the comments got a little bit heavy for a minute as sisters was going back and forth in regards to, again, this transparency issue. It seems like that was also a discussion last night. It's still a discussion tonight in regards to, you know, what we how we define transparency and, and maybe what women expect in regards to transparency versus what some men um, expect in regards to transparency. So there's still a lot of dialogue and struggle around this issue. We're going to segue back to this. But before, I wanted to just kind of hone in on some main points. Um, I'm going to randomly, like I did yesterday, choose someone. I'm going to ask if you agree or disagree with what I present to you as a common um, idea or ideal or mindset um, around trust and relationships. And what I would like um, is for the person that I asked to answer, and if there is a challenge, from somebody here, just go ahead and um, that challenged person speak after. Um, just please try not to speak over one another. Uh, Sister Amin, I'm gonna start with you um, first and foremost. All right, um, so, <clears throat> okay. So a lot of the breakdown in trust stems from our inability to effectively listen. If we've experienced prior hurt, our words can become defensive and sharp. Women can become accusatory in their language to their men. Men can become cold and aggressive in their language to their women. Do you agree or disagree with this? And then you can give some context to this. Um, of course. I mean, I think that in, um, in many situations, you'll have um, these um, things that build on top of one another. You like these, these things that happen earlier in your marriage. And if you don't address those things early on, then it becomes a cancerous cell and it begins to grow and you have these um, the man can become cold to the wom woman and the woman can um, become like harsh um, uh, towards her husband. Uh, but I think it's really important when we're talking about building families and a, 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 a family cell is to build those, those walls where you're a unit. Um, I think that um, one of the reasons why a lot of marriages um, break down is because we, you don't look at your spouse and your family as a unit. Like this, you're building this fortress wall and um, the brother at the masjid can't tell you anything about your wife that you ain't, brother, you could get your sister in line, brother, or your, your sisters at the masjid, like you ain't gotta be cooking for him. So um, I think that when you know your spouse, he knows you and you are intentionally building something that will outlast yourselves, that what you put out into the world, what you present to the world, what your offspring do, what their offspring do, that it's much deeper than just a woman and a man getting married. It is, it is serious. Like I'm, I'm, when you're looking at marriage and when you're approaching marriage, it's not just, you know, you living with this guy or, you know, you are, you are, it's a fortress. It's a, it's, um, it's something that is really important that we should take very serious. And I don't think that when people approach marriage um, that they look at it, that, you're not just entering into a marriage, you're building community, you're building legacy. Um, and these are something that whatever you do can impact future generations. 
Um, so I think that when we, when it, when, and, and you have to look at yourselves or look at myself or look at whatever's going on in your life and say, okay, have I put up a wall? Have I not been honest? Am I being, um, sharp with the tongue when I don't need to be, um, because of something that either I haven't dealt with internally or I'm allowing outside influences, um, to affect how I treat my husband. Do you think that happens a lot with us as women where we become accusatory? based on things that has nothing to do with what they did or said or yeah project I think a lot that happens. Okay. yeah mm -hmm. absolutely if we don't if you don't if we don't deal with some of the past hurt or things that we've seen around us um and we don't take an honest inventory of ourselves and say okay what can i do to heal myself so that i'm not projecting that outside of myself um you know it's not always the woman's fault it's not always the man's fault um, it's about just taking an honest inventory of ourselves and understanding what is it that I can do to heal and move forward. If you are truly interested in building something that's going to last. That's the thing. That's the key right there. Okay, yeah, brother Ryan. Go ahead, go ahead, she said something about that just made me really think, uh, do we really want legacy? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, are we really looking at building legacies anymore? You know I would like, hope so. I don't, but I don't, I don't think so. Like, I mean, we should, we should, absolutely. That should be the goal, but I, I don't know. the. And, and it's, it's probably because we get into relationships hurt. Like you were saying, uh, we're not, we're not healed when we get into relationships. So we project that on other people. So, you know, the relationship just end up failing, but the, the goal you write should be building a legacy. Absolutely. I agree. I just wanted to agree with you on that. Absolutely. That was powerful. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pop over to Brother Ryan for a second. Um, withholding trust, brother, out of fear or anger will prevent you from emotionally connecting with your partner. This keeps you from uh, your relationship from moving forward in a healthy way. So again, uh, withholding that trust out of fear. And there's a lot of that where sometimes if we've been hurt in the past or we've had past situations, sometimes we'll withhold that trust. Um, out of fear or anger, and it prevents an emotional connection. Brother Ryan? I would agree, namely because I've been in that situation where I've, it took me years, years to un, you know, to unpack and to un, and to work through the trust issues that I had from, you know, from a previous relationship, from a previous marriage, and what I was bringing into, and bringing into a, the next one. Now, I know there's comments even mentioned last night uh, from the uh, from uh, episode one or uh, episode one, where some people will will do just that. They will, uh, and I think I just saw one of the comments just pop up where people just pack their bags and then just bring whatever it is, dirty laundry and all, into the next relationship and just move, you know just start throwing stuff into the uh, into the drawers without having cleaned anything, without taking you know <laughs> folding up nothing. Everything is the same disarray before as it is when you get there. And that's gross. And you should, you know, and if is that more common for brothers? Just curious your opinion. I've seen it for everybody, honestly. Okay. Like I've seen it from absolutely everybody. And for, for me specifically, I did not want to do that because I had seen enough of my mentors, people that I even looked up to and sought their advice and their guidance from fail in the same way that I thought I was going to fail. And I was like, I, I don't want to do that because if he's failing. Because, because he's my mentor, because he's also responsible for me in a certain kind of way, I'm failing too. 
because I didn't advise him. I didn't wasn't there for him in the best kind of way or uh, or just collectively, just like the sen that sense of responsibility and the way that we're perceived as black men, black Muslim men, people of faith, people of of, of any type of, of um, fortitude or morals are, are, are that uh, that quality is put in jeopardy. And so I don't want to see us fail. I don't want to see us have to repeat the same mistakes in, you know, in, you know, our neighbors and in the, in the, in the brothers and the sisters that we pray side by side with, right? All of our, you know, we're, that, that sense of fired up kifaya, like collective responsibilities and collective um, of, um, uh, actions doesn't just include, you know, praying the funeral prayer, janazah over somebody or, you know, establishing Muslim communities. It's also keeping each other accountable, like Amina was saying from the jump that it's a it's a communal responsibility and a communal mandate really just to make sure that we are each other's keepers in the most realist sense because all of us have to go back to Allah with and all of us are going to be asked in one way or another how did you help your brother towards good and how did you help your brother or your sister towards evil right and sometimes you're you're helping them by backing up from them or saying oh well that wasn't my business or you know or uh was the one that we often often hear that, you know, what what business uh, what business is mine? Another man's so, such and such or another woman's whatever. Yes, we're not going to be nosy, but at the same time, we are looking for looking towards building that capacity towards trust and those other good qualities, good prophetic qualities in one another and instilling them and calling people out when necessary in the most appropriate way that allows them to grow and not be shamed out of it. Right. That's why I'm not a, a big proponent of cancel culture. I am definitely to, uh, on the, a proponent of restorative justice. But sometimes some people need to be, you know, some some people respond best to embarrassment. I respond that to that sometimes. And I know that I will take a moment, step back from everything, take stock of what, you know, take stock, as Amina was saying, take emotional stock of what I've had or what I've experienced and try to find the way, whatever I need, whatever tools I need, whatever people I need to bring into my life to make sure that that doesn't happen again or that I heal and that I grow from that. Whether I get a therapist, whether I make friends with people who are, you know, who are MSWs and I get their advice for free yeah. or just somebody who will call, you know, who will see me for who I am because they probably see the same mistakes or the same potential sins in themselves that they see in me. And we're working together to try to keep each other sharp, working together to try to keep each other accountable. Right. Absolutely. And that's the kind of that's the kind of community that we all long for and that we're struggling to find or that we're struggling to get. But we can do it. And those people are there. Absolutely. Right? Amani, I saw you. Did you want to? Yeah, I just wanted to say I feel like the breakdown in marriages is leading to the breakdown of the communities. We don't have a community or it's not as strong communities as we used to have where you can say to your brother, I noticed you weren't looking too good this morning or, you know, is everything okay? I saw this or that. Do we have those kind of communities where people notice if you're not doing well or people notice that you're not looking, you know, how you used to look or you don't have that same, you know, swagger I've, I've used to seen from you and is part of the breakdown in marriage leading to those community, the community breakdown? Is it kind of carrying over to the fact where we don't have those tight knit ranks as we used to anymore? Absolutely, absolutely. Anybody, any any brother respond, please. That was a question for you. Oh, no, I agree with that because the, having those link, having those links and having that that in, interconnected accountability is what keeps whole communities, whole communities whole. It keeps them, uh, you know, strong and growth oriented. Right. You know, every you know, there's this catchphrase that's been going on for the past several years of the intentional community. 
right? And whereas, you know, some people will try to, you know, some people will get together and they'll go off and try to build something for themselves. You know, they'll have the edifices, they'll have the buildings, the, you know, and the commerce and, and things like that, kind of like what we've historically seen with Islamburg and Islamville and other communities across, you know, in from our own history as black Muslims here in America. But we also have to do that hard, you know, that hard, the quote unquote hard work of hard work as, you know, quote unquote, as many of my teachers have talked about of making sure that that individual accountability is there and that we're also doing the same for one another. Absolutely. Right? So if I'm, if I'm failing, if I'm struggling, if I, I, there's at least one person I can, at, at least one person, it doesn't have to be the whole community, it doesn't have to be everybody putting my stuff out on blast, definitely not social media. One person that I can call, sit down and have coffee with and say, look, look, man, I'm, I got these issues. I need to hash this out or at least just get this off my chest because it's eating me up. Or I just need to like figure out, figure out a different way of doing this because what I'm doing is not working. And if you have that, that one so person that's at least, even if they don't have a solution, they can help you, Ryan, then that's great. Sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but I want to jump in. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I can ramble. I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. Brother Khalif, I just wanted to pop in on you because I know you've had some issues with Wi-Fi and connection. I just wanted to and see if it's any better because I would love to get your perspective. Are you there? Yes, ma'am. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me better now? It's a little better. What y'all think? A little better? <laughs> okay. Okay, Brother Khalif. We're going to try to rock with you, brother. Thank you so much for working that out behind the scenes. But I did want to bring you in and just honor you, mashallah. But I did want to just ask you um, really quickly, brother. I wanted to, um, and I do hear some feedback. Um, if anybody, if everybody can just go on mute. Thank you. Um, I wanted to just ask you um, in regards to untrustworthy behavior, untrustworthy behavior in relationships, right? Um, is it is it something that these breaches of trust, they lead to mental, emotional, and physical breakdowns? Um, and if a person is triggered from their past, it could be really destructive in a new relationship. So we're talking about past hurt, past breakdowns and trust, especially as a man, when you enter into a new relationship, I know we talk about being healed, but I often challenge this narrative because I know as a person who's also, that healing is a journey. And sometimes you don't even understand your full triggers or understand unless you are challenged with them in a relationship with somebody that you love and are trying to trust, right? So how as a brother, do you navigate? How do you navigate trusting again? after being hurt i think that you first have to work on yourself um as the brother was saying you know you don't go into a new relationship with the same stuff even with your own stuff even if you're not the one who did the hurting you still may have to work on yourself also and see where you may have lacked for yourself build yourself back up before you go into a new relationship um my son's mother and I, my ex-wife, we're no longer together. We got divorced after being married for so many years. Um, we went through some issues, but I continued to work on myself. I went for a master's degree, went for another master's degree. Before I was ready to go into another relationship or marriage, I worked on myself first. We can point the blame at anyone for being hurt. Um, but sometimes we have to take a step back and say, what, did I cause them to do something wrong? I mean, of course, there's no excuse for someone hurting you. Um, so I'm not making an excuse, but I'm saying that was there any weaknesses in my in my um, part of the relationship that may have caused someone to do something that have hurt me? So that I would say for me, I will work on myself before I go back into a relationship with someone else. You know, make myself strong once again. 
um, before I bring anything that any baggage into the new relationship. Yeah. And Amani, I'm going to bring you in in a second, but I wanted to ask just all three brothers for just a quick second. When you when we say work on ourselves, what does that mean for you as men? Because for women, we may say go to therapy, get help. You know, we, we have our, our little stuff. But I'm just wondering, what does that mean when you say work on yourself? How do you define that? Oh, finance. I was about to say that. But, oh, get some money. Get so, money. I need to understand that though. So you're saying financially, if there's a, if you're working on your past hurt, not being triggered. No, we're working on myself. That's I'm putting in the work for myself. Like he said, yo, go get more education, go get more education. And at the same time, we're internal beings. So doing that by getting more money or going to school, we're working things out to ourselves. Like, uh, like, like uh, I think it was yesterday. Like we don't, especially in the black community, we don't go to therapy. Well, it, it was like that. We don't go to therapy. Um, a lot of us were trying to now these days, but you know, um, therapy was not something that we used to do in the black community um, at all. Um, so you you just get money. I mean, that's 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 what I can say working on myself. I think that goes back to the nature of a man. I think you have okay, to, we have to understand the nature of a man. The okay. nature, my understanding of a nature of a man is that he needs to feel as though he is the head of the household, that he can take care and protect his family. Um, so if there is that if he doesn't internally feel as though he is protecting or able to financially provide for his family, then it can spiral into um, things or that 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 mean behavior or um, like resentment, that, resentment, yeah, resentment or anger. Anger. So I think that we, when men, when women understand the nature of man, men, and when men understand the nature of a woman, then um, and it's not old fashioned. I think that we we can we break away from these like old fashioned notions. They're not necessarily old fashioned. They're based in Islamic uh, uh, tenets, and they're also based on our um, psychology as human beings um, when, when we're talking about different sexes. Okay, so a lot of the sisters um, are saying here in the chat that they're not they're not really understanding yeah. that connection. Since I used to I think it's more important for men to work on their emotional strength. More degrees and more money don't change your issues. Amani, did you have something to say about yeah, that? Yeah, because when I look at the you know what Allah has instructed of our brothers is that they are to maintain and protect. So when you say you're getting more money, that's the maintenance part. Where does the protection part come in and not just protecting her from harm outside, but inside harm? Because when you're when she can't trust you, that's not protecting her emotional well-being, her mental health, her mental state. So I do understand that. Yeah, the 50 percent, the, the maintenance. What about the protection? And if you're hurting inside and you have all this stuff bubbling up inside you, it's going to spill out in other ways. And that's not necessarily protecting a woman's emotions, a woman's, you know, her mental state. Okay, and Brother Ryan, I wanted to just um, bring you in on here. Do you feel like that um, focusing in on the providing piece as a man could really help heal you in some of those internal issues? It could, but also again, money and the means by which you get money and the and the, the avenues of of risk that Allah gives us are tools. They're means to an end, but they're not. They're not. Again, that doesn't really do anything for your soul because hopefully <laughs> what we're all asking for is that Allah places the dunya in our hands and not our hearts. 
Mm. So even if you have even if you get money, which is good, important, necessary, you know, for a number of different things. There's still people out there who there's still men out there. There are even women, too, that will take money, however much money they make, how many degrees they have, the material success. And they'll use that as a means of oppression and throw that in the face of their spouses or the people that they, quote unquote, say that they love. How many of these movies and and other portrayals in the media have we seen of a rich whoever, you know, abusing, you know, emotionally and psychologically abusing their partner, their spouse, because they make more money than them. They're like holding them hostage in this really nice place. But again, that's just that's an extreme example. Right. Right. I mean, I mean, I get it. There, there is a, a we Muslim, and I'm not naive to you know think that there's no abuse in in Islam, but you know, there shouldn't be. Like you say, that's an extreme to use that money to you know to hold somebody hostage. That I, I, I get that happens, but Islam should curve that. Like Islam should should stop that from happening. Like really dive yourself sure. into knowing your Creator and knowing the Sirah of the Prophet You won't be doing that. Right, it should. But it should, right? No, right, absolutely. It should. But we, you and I both know. You can probably think of at least two brothers off the dome right now who are out here grinding, hustling. God, how many? Either a couple of jobs or one really good job. They might even have, you know, a a decent, you know, a nice nuclear family. And then they, they even, you know, if if Allah's will give that to them, they may have another spouse or another family that they're supporting. But are they being equitable in that family? Are they? providing that, you know, that psycho emotional or spiritual support that's necessary to make both of those homes happy, to make both of those homes whole and to be able to provide for them just in, in that prophetic way that we're that we're that we're that standard that we're hope, that we're supposed to be held to. Probably right. not. Right. Or at least those two those examples that we think of. Yeah, they're making money, but it's it's everything it else only goes lacking. so far. Yeah. Everything yeah. else is lacking. Right. So and if, I want to again, just you, ask, sorry. I apologize, Brother Cleef, I'm bringing up, but I want to just ask, is that is that the definition of manhood, providing and protecting? I hear that all the time. Providing and pro- protect, protecting, is that how we define our roles as husbands? Brother Khalif, you can come on in. Yes, um, but this, but going back to what the brother said about getting money and getting educated, and I've seen some people post on Facebook some comments, some agree, some disagree, but I think that when you're talking about a brother being hurt, He's going to question himself first. What did I do wrong? Did I do something wrong? Do I need more money? Was I not educated enough? Did I not educate myself enough about my spouse or my manhood to be able to provide and protect? And that's what I meant by go back and educate. And I think if I'm not mistaken, Mm. uh, Brother Nashi was saying get more money. Maybe that could have been the issue. I don't know what issues are with other brothers, but I know that that was one of the issues I had in my marriage was, you know, we had a situation, we had to move and problems came up. So what I did was went back and established myself in education, got more credentials to be able to provide in a better way and not have to uh, work as much, work two jobs, be away from the family. I know my son's mother would complain. You're not home enough. You're working too much. So, how do we do that in today's society? We go back, we get credentials, and we try to make more money to provide to be home and not have to be away from the family as much. Speaking of being African-American in our society today, you know, a lot of brothers struggle financially because they may not make enough. They have to have two jobs or three jobs, or their wife may have to have a, a, a job or two jobs. 
So I think right. we're long hours. Oh, long hours. Yes, sir. I used to work 16 hours a day and I was away from my family when my two sons were born back to back. And that caused a strain on my wife at the time. But was was the intentions good? Yes. So if you know you have good intentions, you want to do right. You want to provide for your family. But if those issues come up, then sometimes as a man, you have to re reevaluate. OK, what am I doing wrong? So my steps was to go back and become educated and try to get more money from a job with less hours to be home with my family more. Um, I think when we just throw it out there to say education or more money, some people think that we're just speaking of the, the, the ego of a man, but that's not really what I'm, what I'm talking about anyway. It's not the ego. It's speaking of me challenging my manhood and also questioning did I do something wrong in that area? Because that's what most men will yeah. think about first before we just start thinking about going to therapy or any other type of sessions. Mm. Okay. I kind of get what you're saying now. Mm -hmm. I kind of follow what you're saying now. Um, I wanted to um, bring in a point from Sister Dion. She said, when men are having an emotional struggle, like comments are coming in fast, it doesn't matter how much money he makes or has, he still has to work on his emotional and mental well-being. Most men will hide the hurt and not deal with it, but communicating and learning to talk about their issues, trust, uh, and I guess trust the spouse and becoming one complete unit. Um, and I think there's some more to that. Um, I think she's just speaking to in regards to like that emotional, emotional and mental balancing that out with the emotional and mental well-being. Um, anybody want to speak to that really quickly? Just how do you balance out the two? Go ahead, Brother Khalif. Um, real quick, um, and I know the brothers can relate to this. When a man, when a brother touches on that side as the sister's talking about sometimes we get that that um that stereotype of a man is being soft this man is not being like this a man should be this way or that way um i had a conversation with a lot of co-workers female co-workers and you know they complain about sometimes the men that they're dealing with and we hear the whole i want this type of man i want that type of man but when you have a brother who come as a gentleman we get stereotyped but when i play the role of a, a non-gentleman you know, it seems uh -oh. like things may go our way sometimes as brothers. There's a confusion at times. You know, as far as, you know, what would what, what a man expect a woman to want from us? You know, sometimes there's a confusion. Wow. Okay. Word. Ladies, you have anything? I think that goes, on, Go that goes back to um, the expectations of the woman and also the, the um, I don't want to say quality of a woman, but what it what she's actually looking for in, in, a, in a, a potential spouse. So I think that with some women, you know, maybe they will respond to a non-gentleman type of man. But when you're talking about a woman who um, who you want to build a life with, potentially, I'm thinking that um, she would hopefully um, respond to a man who is is in his intentions are in the right place. So what I tell dudes, like I, I, I've talked to dudes all the time, what I tell dudes to be themselves, like be who you are. If you a nerd, be a nerd. If you a a-hole, be a a-hole. You got to be who you are. Stop trying to, you know, because, you know, a woman, it says that a woman likes, you know, the bad boys. If you ain't a bad boy, don't try to be a bad boy. Because don't walk into that life. Don't walk into that light. <laughs> you want to smoke. You're going to be, <laughs> you're going to, you know what I mean? You're going to be, you're going to be exposed. Me, I promise you, man, like, uh, I'm, what was it, alfalfa? 
when he was with Carla, that's me. Like, I don't care what y'all dudes talk about. Y'all could be in y'all boys club. I'm with my woman. And, and that's you. You can say what you want to about me. I'm going to be with my woman. You could call me what you want to. And I think that's just how you got to be. It's, it's you and her against the world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because when, when, she, when she's with you, when, when, she's, when, she, when you and her having problems, the dude's going to be talking and trying to holler at her. They're going to be trying to get with her. So you need to um, you need to value the time that you have with her. Um, you know. Oh, when you have problems, dudes try to holler at her. That's what you said. <laughs> right? Huh? You huh? said when you're having problems with your woman, the dudes are trying to holler at her. Just wanted to make sure. I, I mean, that's that. what they gonna do. That's what they gonna do. You know, it's as soon as they hear that, you know, I might not be with her no more. You know, that, they did it to the Prophet They did it to the Prophet you know what that I mean? Crazy. Yeah, I'll marry one of the prophets but the, that Allah that Allah had to send down to them. You can't marry her. Like it's all they the prophet was living to you. I ain't got that. Like Allah knew that he gonna come and he gonna get my wife and I'm gonna be sad because I was trying to be something I wasn't. Oh, powerful, powerful mm -hmm. authenticity, Amani. I'm gonna come up to you as we um kind of bring it into this um podcast, but um, if an individual struggles with honesty and fidelity in the past, they should be completely upfront and transparent with their new potential partner. So if someone that has struggled with fidelity, um, do you feel like it's necessary for them to be transparent about that new relationship? Would you want to know? Yes, because I'm going to find out anyway. <laughs> it's going to come out anyway. You know, women, we're, you know, we're better than the FBI when it comes to finding out what happened and, you know, what's going on. So, but, you know, I say that jokingly, but in all honesty, it's going to come out. You know what I mean? So you might as well just be upfront about it. And, you know, as we are speaking, seeking spouses, we do want to ask those questions. Have you been, you know, cheated before? You know, how do you feel about, you know, you know, just asking them those questions and then well, what have you done? about those feelings? Do you feel like this is going to be continue to be an issue in your life? Well, why or why not? Have you gone to counseling? Have you figured out what was missing within you when you had to cheat or, um, you know, have these other relationships or, you know, side conversations or whatever? Um, so, yeah, I think being honest is always uh, key because that's just going to erode trust. Yeah. Thank you. And brothers, if that is something that you guys struggled with, do you feel like it's necessary to share with a new woman in the past? If you're a reform, if, if you're a reformed cheater, don't all speak at once, brothers. Hey, man. <laughs> I mean, because I mean, okay, okay, I'll I'll share it with her. I'll share it with. Okay, I'll share some. I won't share it. <laughs> okay, thank you for your I, honesty. I, it, into the relationship, maybe, maybe later on into the relationship. Maybe maybe later on into the relationship. I said to her. Uh, but I mean, she's going to ask. She's going to ask about, you know, our best relationships. And I got to be honest. What I think what we do is, oh, she was this and she was that, or she and did she this. It's always the other person's fault. We tell that we never tell the truth on what's really happening. You know what I mean? That's just what we do. Um, would I so be you honest? Until you locked her in. What I'm hearing is you wouldn't tell her until she's locked in emotionally. That's what I'm gathering. Uh, yeah. I mean, because. And she gonna find out. She gonna find out anyway. So yeah, I'll probably be honest with her in the beginning. I'm gonna say yeah. I'll be that honest. But brother Ryan. Well, part of what, if I may, brother Nasheed, I think I see some benefit in the approach that you're taking, where you might not divulge everything from the outset in terms of 
the uh, the past relationship because one, you still might be working through it. You still might be trying to you know exercise what you learned from that previous relationship, and by bringing up infidelity or past mistakes, you're I w- at least I would hope that I'm not triggering something in my potential spouse or in my you know or in my current spouse something of you know about trust or infidelity that she may have experienced and you know in the past. And by showing that from the outset, she might kind of back off from that, or it may take even longer for us to be able to build up that that trust. Also, yeah, you may need to bring her in, you know, bring her in a little bit closer so that she can also see how far you've come from that. Because if you're showing that consistency and that, you know, and that growth, you know, away from you know the the habits or the or the uh, the cheating or whatever that you have that happened in your past before, and you're a completely different person. Even if you were to divulge that to say, like, look, this is what happened before, but look what up, you know, look what look what I've achieved or look what I've been able to do for us in the meantime, right? Or up to this point and everything. So I'm hoping that, and also showing that, look, this is what I've done so far, and I only want to keep growing. I want to keep growing and not going back to where I was before. Right. Ahead, so, and, so, brother Nasheed, would you want to know if your potential spouse, she was a cheater, she, you know, had been had these in you know other relationships while she was married or you know, I had side I men wanna, or no. whatever. Oh, wow. You wouldn't want to know. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, listen, I, I feel, especially as, as, as Blacks, as, as Black Americans, we all have, we're dealing with some kind of uh, past, either from bad ex, a bad experience or bad choices that we've made. And, and as a Black man, I have to know that about the women that I'm dealing with. Um, so I'm, I'm open to to hear it. I'm like for real, I'm I'm open to hear it, and and I, like honestly, I would listen to it and and uh and and trust you, and trust you in a relationship, because that's so your you past. That's know, what happened though. in the past. Would, okay, would it bother know. you if yeah, yeah. Didn't, she didn't tell you? Would it bother if you she didn't share that with you? If oh wow, now now if she didn't share it with me, I think it would bother me. Okay. I think okay. it would. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Alhamdulillah. Um, I'm going to just pull in a couple of comments really quickly just to make sure that people are heard here. One sister said, I think sometimes sisters ask important questions before marriage, but often the brothers aren't honest. So the sister marries the brother and they have problems. Yet if the sister knew the truth up front, she probably wouldn't have married the brother in the first place. Hence, which is why they're probably dishonest. And I, um, go ahead, Amina. You want I to say think um, that comes back to doing your own research. I made a post about this a couple of weeks ago where I said, you know, ask the women in the community about the brother you're marrying. You know, even like 20 years ago, I met my husband online. But the first thing I did was I showed my girlfriends a picture of him. And my girlfriend, my first girlfriend said, oh, um, he went to this school out here. Right. And I was like, yeah. Oh, I know his sister. Let me get in touch with this person over here. Oh, was he still engaged? So it was mm-hmm. talking to the women in the community, trying to figure out who this person really is. Um, because if you're at a certain age, whether or not you are a foreign person, whatever it is, um, people are going to know about you. They're going to know what your reputation is. They're going to know what type of person you were. Uh, they may even know why your relationship broke up. Um, so it's important to not just go into something and put the blinders on, um, because he looks a certain way or has a certain amount of status and understand what you're truly getting into, um, and, and go in with your eyes open into a new, a new marriage and show. Absolutely. People be lying too, though. I'm telling you, 
and people be lying. They because before before I married my my wife, um, they told they was telling my wife that first I was a police, like I was an agent in the community. Oh. Um, that I abused I abused the wife that I was already married married to, like and these were Muslims telling her that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm just saying. You, uh, and also, I mean, you got to consider the source. So, if you, you know, it depends on who she's talking to, um, who the person is talking to. So if you have those, um, I see what you're saying, though. Yeah. When it comes to asking questions, what I, re- I when I went through a process of looking for my current spouse, instead of asking them, do you like to travel? I had to change up the questions because mm-hmm. everybody will say, yes, do you like to travel? Are you trustworthy? Yes. I said I would ask, when was the last trip you took? Yeah. <laughs> and then it's, oh, I haven't gone anywhere in 10 years. So like, you know, and that can kind of, I, I, you know, just a, a strategy for sisters, change up the questions that you're asking, mm-hmm. you know, ask yeah. them more specifics. Um, and, and sometimes you get to the truth a little bit better that way. Powerful point, Amani. Brothers, brothers get, you a, get you a no-nonsense mentor. MashaAllah. A question from the audience. What if you don't near, live near him or know his circle? I guess I was speaking to my um, sister Amina, your point. You can, I mean, the way social media is set up, you can always find out about people. Mm-hmm. Social media tells a lot. It does. Yeah, so now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah, but even before, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead, brother. If I may, like before, with my, uh, when I was married before, I had a mentor in my corner who was my wakil, quote unquote. Sisters don't, aren't the only ones that need to have a wakil. It's obviously it's not required by the Sharia, but. Brothers, it's good to have somebody in your corner like that who's not only keeping you accountable, but also knows you and has your best interest at heart as well. And they maybe even start doing the talking for you, where they can talk about your qualities, talk about your growth trajectory, where you've been before and how you've made steps towards that and towards where you're at right now or where you're intending to go. And also being able to speak to you honestly about, okay, this is, you know, pursuing this relationship might not be worth your time. Or if you are going to do this, these are the things you need to consider. If I had something, honestly, like if I had somebody like Brother Nasheed in my corner when I was first getting married, I think a, a lot of a lot of issues could have been avoided, and a lot more, and a lot more just uh, communal responsibility, communal responsibility and transparency. I know we use the term a lot now. Transparency could have been out there in terms of the quality and the the depth of what we were getting into in terms of marriage. And so I, th- I really am a big proponent of that. Like if you have a mentor, if you have a big brother, a, an uncle type, you know, one of those unks in the community that's like no nonsense will speak to- well on your behalf, but also keep it, you know, keep it 100 with you. Have that person in the court to be like, look, I want to marry the sister and everything, but I need I need somebody to, you know, to not a wingman, a mentor. Right. Because wingmen, they they'll tell you what they'll tell somebody whatever you want them to tell them. A mentor, or or again, like a male quote unquote wakil or some of that, will be that person. Be like, look, I know this person, and I will vouch for them. I'll put, you know, I'll put my name on that person for uh, out there for that person, right? And that's that weighs a lot. I would hope. Absolutely, that's powerful advice for brothers. Absolutely. I never heard it before, and that's really powerful. Subhanallah. We need about to change to it up. Podcast? Absolutely, we're about to end the podcast, but I just had to have one final. Um, uh, go around and and that is um, what do you guys think is the solution or or what it, what is some your last bit of advice or as a solution for us and I want be very specific to our community um, in establishing trust in relationships amongst one one another and being able to um, be comfortable with being authentic who you are and being honest and being transparent um, without fear of reper- repercussions or fear of loss or fear of abandonment. Um, 
I want you to just ask your final thoughts about that. I'm going to start with Sister Amani. Um, you, you talk about being authentic with others. You have to kind of be authentic with yourself first. We know that. Um, I know that, you know, I had to kind of had go on a self-healing journey just because, you know, I didn't want to come into a new relationship with drama and baggage and triggers and all this other stuff. So I did things like journaling, going to therapy, going to counseling, listening to podcasts like this one, or, um, you know, I know self-help sounds, you know, kind of like new agey, but all of those things are kind of giving you some lessons and some, some tools that you can take into this new marriage because you don't want to come into a new marriage with the same issues. Or even if this is your first marriage and you haven't seen one modeled for you, you want to kind of go into it with a toolkit um, so that when those types of things do come up, you know how you're going to react. Beautiful. Thank you. Sister Amina. Um, I was saying to know your end game. Um, uh, you know, be honest with yourself. Um, I've heard some people say, well, it may not be my forever after, but it's my first marriage, first divorce. So understanding what your end game is um, and making sure that your, your potential spouse, um, you guys are like-hearted. You know, we can have similar minds, but your heart is in the right place, inshallah. Subhanallah, beautiful. Brother Ryan, last piece of advice. I think I think looking at, I know this, I hope at the risk of sounding like I'm throwing a spiritual answer at this, but really taking a deeper dive at the prophetic example and using that not just in terms of like just hadith that you can quote or, you know, outward sunnahs that you can perform, but looking at the, his example, peace and blessing be upon him, sallallahu in a way that makes it dynamic and a, a, and a, a lived reality for ourselves, especially as men. The prophet, peace and blessing be upon him, had his time in in the cave of Hira. He had his alone time. He had his meditation, his dhikr, his 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 me time to collect himself and to think and to reflect on what he was and what he wanted to do. And he talked to his Lord, but he was still also working for what, who would what would have become his his next his uh his first spouse, Khadijah, radiallahu anha. Right? He was working for. Her. He was out there getting money. He was doing what he needed to do to be trustworthy, al amin, in the community. But also he had, you know, he was able to compartmentalize and bring and have that space for himself to, you know, to work on self-improvement and refinement and finding the ways to improve his character and his, you know, above all, his love for, for his Lord and his creator. So if we're able to try to mirror that in some type of way where we can strike a balance between our spiritual needs and taking that spiritual power that we get from that alone time or from that cave of hero, whatever that looks like, and using that to power our relationships, our in our homes and in our communities, with the homies, with the brothers, and in whatever responsibilities that are on our heads or are in our hands, I think that there will I think that will lend very strongly and powerfully for us as black Americans, being as Dr. Sherman Jackson mentioned it, the Banu Hashem of America, right? We are the supporting tribe always of of, of the growth of Islam in America. Mm -hmm. And for us who are already who've already embraced the Deen of Allah we're already at the forefront of that and we already have the community behind us who is spiritually inclined and rooted to be able to provide that type of space and that growth that we're looking for. Absolutely beautiful. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for reminding us of our beloved Rasul striking that balance. Brother Nasheed, I wanted to get your final bits of advice. I wanted to go back to something that the sister said earlier um, about uh, loyalty and trust. Um, if I see that you're loyal, that's when I'm able to trust you. Like when I see loyalty in you, that's when I'm able to trust you. And um, 
I would say we need to start trusting first Allah, of course. Um, trust this beautiful religion that he that he's given us. Um, and start trusting yourselves. Start trusting yourselves with your money. Start trusting yourselves with your health, with your mental with your mental health. Start start trusting yourself more and because everything internal goes you know, becomes external. You know what I mean? So if you start trusting yourself more, you'll start looking at the world with trust. Like um, I know a lot of sisters who, or brothers, I know some dudes too, who like really love us, love us as a people, or love just love the world. You know what I mean? They want world peace, in it, so to speak. But they're beautiful people inside. I mean, at least that's what they, they show me. They're beautiful people inside. So I think the trust that we're looking for is going to have to start with inside of us. Um, we are beautiful, intelligent beings that Allah has created, and we need to start to truly believe in that. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. And thank you for reminding us of who we are. When I wanted to approach this topic, when I thought about restoring trust, I really just thought, you know, just about us as a community. And I didn't want to put blinders on, you know, I don't Muslim women podcast, I just get a lot of inboxes from women all over the world, primarily some men too, but primarily women all over the wor world. And most of them are going through immense suffering and heartache. And a lot of it has to do with a breakdown in trust and a betrayal um, that they didn't see coming. And they don't necessarily have the tools, even though they're Muslim and they're trying to tap into that. And um, a lot of it is, is us as, as a people, as people, uh, black people, right? Uh, black people here in this, in this land. And a lot of us, maybe there's a disconnect sometimes of how we, um, you know, I always say this, you know, subhanAllah, and this is my final words on this, is that, you know, we are a manifestation, manifestation of our ancestors do I of our ancestors do I, right? The ones that were brought over in shackles and chains that were writing, you know, trying to write out the Quran in the sand, right? We are a man of Allah out of his mercy um, brought us back to Islam. And it, 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 it comes, we have to be a people that go a little bit deeper to clean it up, right? We can't just say, you know, okay, we're, we've arrived now. We're just going to go on and we're just going to you know, not pretend that there's some damage, that there's some unraveling that has to be done, that there's some purification that has to be done. So I really wanted to approach this to topic authentically. You guys did an excellent job. I thank you guys for listening in to the audience. Thank you so much for participating in this dialogue. We hope this, this is just a conversation starter for you guys at home. We want you guys to have these conversations with your spouses and with your children and with your friends about the establishment of trust between us as a people. I wanted to give honor First and foremost to my co-host, Brother Nashi, thank you so much for being here and rocking with us. I appreciate you, may Allah bless you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank Can I say so also much. thank you for doing this? Can I thank you for doing this? Like for real. Like thank you for for caring about our relationships and, and mm -hmm. putting this on and everything that you do. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Brother Ryan. Thank you for your insight. I really, really appreciate your authenticity. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Sister Amani. Thank you for coming on. May Allah bless you and reward you. I appreciate you being honest and I appreciate your pushback at times. Thank you. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't know if I saw the news correctly. I don't know if I saw the news correctly, but Sister Sabria, did you just get engaged? <laughs> Are we going to say this on the podcast? Yes. yes. <laughs> 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 
We're going to be all right. There's a lot of hope for our children because of because of all of you, mashallah. There's a lot of hope for our children. Jazakallah Kaiden. May Allah bless each and every one of you. Thank you so much to the audience. Inshallah, we will catch you next time on the Don't Muslim Woman podcast. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum.